Welcome to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with Lee Jackson. Okay, great. I'm here at uh, Headingley Stadium in Leeds and just coming to pick someone up. Morning, Lee. How are you? Good morning. Oh. <coughs> it's none other than Alan Stevens, ladies and gentlemen. It's brisk out there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's cold up north, isn't it? <laughs> you're, in, you're in Yorkshire now, Alan. Oh, you're in Yorkshire. Hi. But uh, it's nearly snowing today, isn't it? I think it so, is. It is yeah. nearly snowing, as you say. It's a cold one. <laughs> so, um, welcome. Thank you very much, uh, Alan. You've got more titles and speaking <laughs> titles than anyone that I know. Uh, so I, I have actually. Yeah, t- quite right. Tell me, tell me what you've done in the speaking world over the I'm, years. I'm a, like, I'm like you, I, I was president of the Professional Speaking Association here in the UK. Great. Uh, back in 2007, in 2010, 11, I was president of the Global Association, the Global Speakers Federation, and. Um, Wow. I've got a bunch of those awards, like a lot of letters after my name, you know, PSAE, FPSA. So, so, what, what, so just in case global anyone doesn't know, what, what is Global Speakers Federation? Global really? Speakers Federation is a, a collection of all the 14 speakers associations around the world. Ah, okay. Um, each country, like, like the UK and Ireland, has a speaking, or many countries have speaking associations, and the umbrella body, like the United Nations of Speakers, is the right. Global Speakers Federation. Great. So you were the head of I was. the global speakers thing. That's quite that's quite a thing, isn't it? And uh, you, big cheese, very big cheese. The big cheese, yes. the big cheese. So I'm just getting you to the station to get your train yeah, back to London grand. after yeah. speaking in Leeds. Uh, that's good. That so I thought might as well uh, get some content out of it while we're here. You know. Why the hell not, Lee? So uh, you're obviously a professional speaker for many years with yes. a background, I think, in journalism. Is that right? A background in journalism. That's quite right. I used to work for Witch magazine. For right. quite a while, they, they were the lovely people. We were always on the side of the angels, so it was a great, a great gig to have. <laughs> was that actually when it was a magazine? Actually, a uh, still, magazine? It was still a magazine. Although I set up something uh, called Witch Online uh, back in 1996, so wow. more than 20 years ago. It was a, a rudimentary social network. So we set up a, a network, and people could friend each other, and people could could talk about various issues, and, and they had little avatars. So it was way before Facebook. And in fact, I spoke at the world's first ever conference on digital communities in 1997. Before the word social media was invented. Before okay. social media was invented, I was in social media. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't even know that. Yeah. There you go. Now, Alan is well known um, in the speaking world for not only his experience, but he's, he's a go-to person for advice and stuff. But, but I heard recently that you've been doing a lot of work just on getting back to basics and hmm. storytelling. I have, Lee, that's yeah. right. I've been running some storytelling workshops at Theatre Royal in Drury Lane. But also I've... Nice I've, venue, nice it's venue. It's a lovely, it's a beautiful <laughs> venue. The oldest theatre in, in London, probably the oldest in the UK, I think. Wow. Beautiful, and the uh, you know, the ghosts of, of people like Garrick and, and, and so on are all there. Edmund Keane, it's, it's a great place to be. But yes, I think storytelling is so important that I have focused back on that again. That's what I was talking about last night. And the fact that a lot of us tell stories, but not many people tell stories that well. So yeah. I just what, I, what I'm keen for people to do is to tell their stories in the best possible way, so they get the best possible value. So when you mean a story, I mean that could mean anything. So so can you just you know what, what's the anatomy of a of a good story? Do you think in a in a speech or a presentation? The, well, good stories usually have in fact nearly always have three elements. They have a, a hero, a protagonist. A problem, an issue, an obstacle to overcome, and then a reward at the end. Okay. It's the classic hero's journey, and and we have those little stories. We have them as little vignettes every day, things that we overcome. You know, whether it's just getting in the right queue in the post office or whatever it is, or <laughs> it's it's a big thing. You know, it's it's like climbing Kilimanjaro, whatever people do. Yeah. So, 
But everything has the same kind of structure, but it, a story's only valuable if you learn a lesson from it. And that's what we as speakers do. We help people to understand the lesson in a story and then learn it and apply that to some other circumstance. Great. So you, I mean, you probably, I guess you can tell a bad story as well, can't you? That's, oh, yeah. So yeah. What, a bad story is what? Something that's that someone would well, a bad, tell too a bad quickly, story, A bad or? story is just information. And it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like when you arrive somewhere and somebody asks, how did you get here? And, oh, well, I, was, I was on the A so-and-so and then the road works and then I had to go on the second exit, the roundabout rather than the third exit. And they will tell you what they think is a story for five minutes. <laughs> at the end of it, you are not only none the wiser, you are glazed over. That's a bad, <laughs> that's that's a bad, bad story. Yeah, yeah. It's like, By the way, are we going over the roundabout here or are we taking the first or second left? I'm not entirely uh, <laughs> well, what I do is that this road's blocked, so we'll take okay, a left. Yeah, well, let's do yeah, that. Yeah. Let's not go into that story okay, now. Right, um, right, right, right. Yeah, you're, you're in the uh, dizzy heights of Burley in Leeds now. Yeah, I've just been assigned to the Emmerdale Studio Experience. This is rather exciting. It is. It? This is. <laughs> This is all that Yorkshire has to offer. <laughs> we have Headingley Stadium and then Emmerdale. Uh, that's pretty yeah. much it. So, no, no, we're on our way to the uh, interesting area. In fact, I used to work around here when I was a youth worker. Right. I used to, this is the area I used to work. My office used to be just down the road there, and uh, ITV is there. Okay. So it's it's okay. a shadow of its former self, I think. Yeah. Now. yeah. But that was where Countdown was and everything, all that kind of stuff. So. So there you go. Um, so the blessed Carol Vorderman used to work here. She did indeed, My every word. week, and with Richard Whiteley, God bless him. He was around, he was a lovely man. Yeah, yeah. So, now you're known as well as, I mean, you've, you've met some interesting people, and someone mm. told me, the other day, uh, I kind of heard a rumour that you used to hang out with David Bowie. Is that right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I did meet Bowie, yes, and, and the... The story behind that is that my grandfather used to run a pub in South London, the Toby Jazz and Blues Club was out oh. the back, and I used to serve the drinks. And the first night that Bowie ever played Ziggy Stardust in public in full was, was at our pub uh, on in January 72. So I served him drinks. And the cool yes. thing about that was all of the band, that is Woody Woodmansey, Trevor Boulder, Mick Ronson, drank triple Jack Daniels, rock and roll drinks. Triple? Triple Jack Daniels. Gosh. Bowie had a brown ale. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said, I'm, he said, I'm not into the spirits. I'll just have a brown ale. Did he have, did he have <laughs> northern roots by I any chance? I don't think he did, going. no. All right. No, no he, was from, uh, he was from London. But oh, he, right. he just, he, and the other thing was, they all had the glam rock stuff on. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. He was in army combats because his stuff hadn't arrived. And these uh, were three working class blokes from Hull, if you remember. Yeah, the spiders <laughs> from Mars. They, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't into the glam rock. They were hugely embarrassed. Oh, and he I was see. He was just I see. It. Oh, very good. So, so again, that's just a, just a story. So, so one of the things I guess when people are starting out in the speaking industry, they can have a tendency to maybe how can I put it, borrow people's stories. Yes. Um, I never met Boy, so I would never use that story. No. I guess in a in a conversation, I might say a friend of mine met him. Yeah. yeah. But on stage, you know, how do you actually get your own stories? Uh, well, we all have stories all the time, and I mean, one thing that I always do, I record stories. I carry a notebook every. I carry a notebook. It's in my pocket right now. Right. Here's the notebook. There it is. <laughs> I'm never without a notebook and a pen. Yeah. Um, because you never know when you, something's going to happen. You want to record it. And one, one little tip is not just to record the facts, record the feelings. So record how you feel about something and how somebody else might feel uh, about something. I see. But if you collect stories all the time, you've always got stories you can use. Mm. Um, people say to me, well, nothing ever happens. I have to borrow stories from people because my life's so boring. And it isn't. <laughs> it isn't. We've all got stuff that's happening to us all the time. We just don't write it down and we forget it. So no, recording is, is the, is the yeah. key to it. I think for me, one of the things that I do is it needs to be, I, I deliberately take time out away from looking at my phone 
to actually yeah. just watching people. Absolutely. Uh, like yeah. in stations or yeah. Yeah. stuff like that, and you see things happening, don't you? Well, I, yeah, you do, and, and my my watchword for that is to look up. Right. You know, just, just look up. And I mean that literally. You know, look up, and there's some wonderful buildings that we're, we're driving through Leeds now, and there's some beautiful buildings. You look up, and there's sort of roof porticos, and, and there's probably a roof garden up here somewhere, and there's yeah. beautiful... Yeah. Um, Window. And people don't look up. You know, they, a lot of people now are walking along the street, aren't they? Looking down at the phone yeah. in the palm of their hand, bumping into people on lampposts, and they don't look up. If only you look up, you see an yeah. amazing amount of stuff. Now, there's some good stories on social media. I do save things that I see on Facebook, you know, quirky videos, things yeah. like that, and stories. I do collect some of those things. But ultimately, the, the stories that happen to us are the easiest and the best to use, do you think? They are. And they're the stories yeah. that people identify with. Nice. And you, you don't have to have climbed Everest or swum the Atlantic naked or whatever it is people do to get on stage the thing that that happens to you every day that you can draw a lesson from is the thing that people identify with I mean, com- comedians are always using stories that are everyday stories yeah you know it's like like cleaning out the garage or going to the car wash or whatever it is and that becomes more engaging because yeah. people identify with it they understand what's going on so one of my favorite comedians is as you know I'm a big fan of comedy yeah is uh, Rod Gilbert oh yes and Rod Gilbert did a whole two and a half hour show on his washing machine breaking down. That's, that's exactly the point. <laughs> He's got a very long story about a toothbrush as well. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And that, but that, that's what makes it engaging. That's what makes it entertaining. Yeah. It's because he's not just telling facts about it. He's, he's ranting about things and he's, he's comparing things that you think, well, that didn't match. Oh, yes, of course, that's like that, isn't it? And all of a sudden you, you laugh at it because it's unexpected, but you also laugh because you recognize yourself in it. Yeah, and uh, obviously, the, the, it still shocks me to say this, the late Victoria Wood. Yes. yes. Uh, I'm shocked that she's passed away. Yeah. Um, I was a big Victoria Wood fan, and I loved her, her kind of comedy. was mm. always based in the absolute, the most down-to-earth, wasn't it? It was, it uh, was. So the Dinner Ladies is one of my favourite programmes. wonderful, uh, absolutely wonderful. Written, isn't it? She used to do a, a wonderful riff about a, a, a cosmetics demonstrator in a store. Right. The wonderful world of such a realm. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it was, and she just had that, that, that she just took it back. You, you've got to exaggerate things slightly. She exaggerated the nasal tone a little bit. But yeah. the way that she became increasingly frustrated that nobody wanted to come into the store for a makeover was, it was comedy gold. <laughs> Absolutely comedy gold. Yeah, that's right. And I think the other thing that I noticed from her, and that helps me when I tell stories, is that she, I call it Victoria Woodisms. So she was very specific. So if she was talking about eating chocolate, yeah. she would never say a chocolate bar. She would name the brand. Exactly that. So she would say, yeah. uh, you know, a Mars bar. <clears throat> and you'd all oh, right, a Mars bar. She never was generic. Because I think generic things lose help. They don't help us land the stories, do they? No, no that's right. And you, the, the trick is not to give every detail about everything, but to be very, yeah. very specific about some small things. <laughs> that that That's what works. And, I mean, people who are giving great detail about everything. You know, I was going out last Tuesday. No, hang on, it wasn't Tuesday, it was Wednesday. Because I had to take the car in for a checkup. No, or, or was that? No, it, was, it might have been Thursday afternoon. And you know, all yeah. of a sudden you realise, that's of no interest. Yeah, but, if, yeah. but if they'd gone into detail about something specific that had happened, and you thought, oh yeah, I know what's happening there. So it's, it's, a, it's a balance between fine detail and, and generality. Great, excellent. So you've been a member of the PSA since uh, well many 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 years. Since the Stone Age. I'm since the Stone Age, yes. So, uh, so the PSA Professional Speaking Association. Those who don't know it, what would you 
what would you say to someone? Should they join it if they if they want to be a speaker? Just if, if you want to be a why. professional speaker, I mean, it, it is it is a body for professionals, as you know, people who yeah. get paid to speak, and that's that's what we do. We used to be called, uh, I think, ex- experts who are paid to speak or something like that. We're now we're now yeah. speak more and speak better, which which is exactly yeah. what we do. If you're interested in the business of speaking, I think yes, the Professional Speaker Association is for you. I, I liken it to the Law Society for Lawyers or the or the BMA for Doctors. It's it's, it's about being with professionals and learning from professionals. It's a professional network. It's a professional body. Has accreditation, as you know, as well. Yeah. And I think if if you're serious about being a professional, then absolutely, it's the it's the place you should be. So it, it sounds very serious. You're saying it's all very serious. It's far from serious, as you know. <laughs> seriousness is not included. Well, it is sometimes. Yeah, let's be honest. It's sometimes. But the thing is, I mean, speaking itself has got to be entertaining. Yeah. We've got to entertain as well as enlighten. If, yeah. if if we're just being dead serious, no one's going to book us to speak. If we're telling gags all the time, we've got to go into stand-up comedy. What we do is, is between the two. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're engaging and entertaining in order to inform. Yeah, so I've got lots of friends who are stand-up comedians and stuff, and I, mm. and I like to hang out with them, I like to learn from them, and I watch a lot of yeah. comedy, as you know. But but, I, but I'm very aware that I'm a, I'm a speaker. I am not... I don't have the tension that a comedian has, so no. I don't need to go for a laugh every twenty seconds. No. You know, every five minutes, a little bit of a laugh is good. That's you know right. I mean? Yeah, so. <clears throat> and it, it's not good. It's important because, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, because on the back of a laugh, people learn. Yeah, you know, if you can, if yeah. you can deliver some really solid information on the back of a big laugh, people mm. will take it in. Yeah, we've we've got to entertain, but we're not. Yeah, we're not stand-up comedians. Or some of us do a bit of stand-up comedy. I know you do it. I mean, I do from time to time, but it's not. That's not what people buy us to do on the corporate stage. Yeah. But getting people to laugh is such a big thing. And I think I've heard a lot of very intense talks, you know. Yeah. Tend to be from new people who are really, you know, yeah. they're so passionate about their subject. Yeah. But they just need that light and to lighten it up a little bit, don't they, too? They, they do, because people, you've, you've got to connect. You've, you've got to, people have got to feel empathy with the person on stage. They've got to understand what's going on. They've got to feel that they could go and have a chat with them. After the event, yeah. And if the, if you're unapproachable, if you if you kind of put yourself on a pedestal by the way you deliver and the sort of stuff you talk about, then people will be turned off. Particularly in this country, it's not so much internationally. Internationally, things are different in different places. But yeah. it's certainly in the UK and, and most of Europe, you've got you've got to be there. You've got to have that approachability. Yeah. Now we could talk about all sorts of interesting and bad speeches that you've heard but I don't think we've got time for that no, one I don't have think we? I should <laughs> <We've> got, <laughs> I really shouldn't no. we've seen quite a few haven't we we have but uh, yeah it, it's just, so if someone is brand new speaking yeah you know apart from obviously capturing, capturing stories which is a great thing yeah um, is it a couple of other little bits and nuggets of advice that you'd give them maybe things that hmm. you'd wish you'd done at the beginning you know well I think the, the, the advice that is often given and I think it's correct advice and I didn't do it when I started out and very few people do is to specialise early okay. you know, find find your niche or your niche or whatever you want to call it <laughs> find out find out what you're good at provided and there's always a provided people will value it so okay. it's got to be something that you're good at that you enjoy doing and that people will pay you to deliver yeah. uh, and if you find that sweet spot that's where you should stay <clears throat> and stay in there as yeah. long as you possibly can because then you will become known as the person that does that and the only person that does that so I think specialise early and the other thing is to trust yourself back yourself and believe believe that you've got the value and believe that you're worthy of listening to it because I know a lot there's a lot of insecurity around not just in speaking but in everything and if you if you're insecure 
it comes across. Okay. So I, I often say to, to particularly people who are new to the profession, get comfortable with yourself before you try and get comfortable on stage. Okay. Uh, don't don't try and do it too yeah. early. Because I, I think that the stage is um, not only as uh, one of our friends Dorna talks about the stage yes. is like crack cocaine for some people. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's a very addictive place to it be. Yeah. Yet it's also a microscope, so people will see your insecurities very. You give stuff away on stage, don't you, I think? That's right, that's yeah. right, and you've got to have a certain amount of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, because as I say, coming back to the thing about you know, being approachable and being somebody that you think somebody could talk to, you've got to have that going on as well. Yeah. But uh, it's a great profession, I have to say. You know, I've, I've, I've loved it for years, I know you love it as well. And yeah. if you can do it, you should. It's gone, it's gone dark. Yeah, we've gone in a dark tunnel, I've <laughs> We're just very near that's Leeds not, Station. That's not a visual metaphor by no. any means, <laughs> We're talking about that. No, that's right. But we are just coming out of a dark tunnel. Oh, that's everybody. better. We're back into the light. That's right. There we go. <laughs> Tell people, where can they sort of find you online and stuff like well, that? Well, I'm known as The Media Coach, so you can find me as Media Coach on Twitter, as Media Coach on Facebook, and unsurprisingly, at mediacoach.co.uk. It's almost like you planned that, isn't it? Right, it's almost like it's a brand, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> I also have a newsletter that I keep people informed about, uh, which you know, some people occasionally drop off a subscription, don't they, Lee? But you'll be back <laughs> yes. on soon. Accidentally, <laughs> yes. Uh, my bad. And I've got yeah. thousands of people that get that every Friday morning for 14 years. So it's free. It will always be free. So if people are interested um, in that, just go to my website, mediacoach.co.uk, and you can click to sign up. Great. I will uh, interview you about that another time, because that, you could, that's another hours about oh, yeah, that, I reckon, isn't it? Yeah. So it's fantastic. So uh, we're just coming around the corner now. It's all very exciting. We'll get you back to London, Lalland. So, well, no, it's been nice in Leeds. I do like it. Nice. I've been live in Leeds. It's literally live, live in Leeds. Leeds. Right, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, this is Alan Stevens, the media coach, and I'm Lee Jackson. And uh, I'm Lee Jackson. <laughs> and uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Get Good at Presenting podcast with your host, Lee Jackson. If you'd like to know more about Lee's work as a motivational keynote speaker and presentation coach, visit his website at leejackson.biz. That's leejackson.biz.